Hi folks, this is Jyoti Shamnani from Royal LePage. Do you want to get some advice on how to finance your home or what to do if you want to buy a home for the first time? This is what we are going to do today when I'm talking to Emily from Port Credit Mortgages. So stay tuned. So Emily, tell us about yourself. Thank you for having me. Um, so my name's Emily. I am a Port Credit self-proclaimed super fan. Um, I have two kids and I've been in the industry now since 2008. I focus my business mostly on education and empowerment. So what that means to me is that a client will come in to my office. I say office, I do have one, but I am almost a hundred percent. I would say 99.99% virtual. So our experience is online. And, um, when you come in, you will leave understanding where you are in the process, where you need to go and how to get there from a home buying perspective. So mm -hmm. you really understand the full journey and the process. So the idea for me is to take all of the surprises out of uh, the journey. So when you are buying your home, it is streamlined, efficient, and easy. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, because this is something I feel that people have a major investment or they are thinking to buy something new um, in real estate. So I like the part where you say education and empowering them. Uh, this is again, big thing for me as well. And so Emily, I would want to know what's the process in terms of um, when somebody comes to you uh, what are the things that you feel are necessary for somebody to know in terms of first-time buyer? Yeah, so what I like to really sit down and have a conversation with our clients about is um, when you're doing a mortgage application, so often clients come in and they really just want to know the answer. Big, how much can I afford? What am I pre-approved for? Um, I am what I would say, again, going back to the education empowerment situation, I really don't tell someone on the first call how much they can afford. And I know sometimes that could be um, perceived as uh, unhelpful or not as useful, but I'll tell you why I do it. And there is a very strong method to my madness. And that is because it would be, my example I love to give is it would be like if you were to go to a doctor's office and ask them to diagnose you um, and give you an action plan for your health, but you're not going to let them do a um, blood work on you, or you're not going to let them check your heart. You're just going to say, tell me what's wrong with me and how to fix it. Mm -hmm. So for me, if you call me up and say, I want to know how much I'm approved for, I'm going to ask you to fill out an application and complete it from start to finish. I'm going to ask you for full income documentation, as well as I am going to pull your credit. So why I do that is the exact same understanding as a doctor. Um, and not to say that I'm a doctor, I would love to pretend that I have uh, my PhD in mortgages, but I don't. Um, I think that it's important that I get a full understanding of your financial health to be able to diagnose and give you the correct prognosis when it comes to your mortgage. So if I have your credit score in front of me and I can see your full credit history, then I can actually analyze that and make sure that there's nothing there that shouldn't be, or if there is, we can fix it with lots of time. Um, and I will go through the full application and I will ask for documentation, which means that I will actually underwrite the deal myself. And when you get your pre-approval, it's really more of a pre-qualification 
which means that you'll understand what you can afford, how you can afford it, and what that looks like from start to finish. I, I like the fact that you are saying that you want a doctor's approach and not just upfront answer. And that kind of brings a lot of people at ease, right? So that um, you want them to first relax and feel that they are not just getting a sort of a straight like one line or answer, or you get approved for this or not, but yet you are helping them understand uh, where they are at this point of time, right? So I, I like it. This is amazing. Um, in terms of underwriting yourself, um, could you uh, elaborate more on that? Yeah. So when you do a pre-approval, nine times out of 10, the underwriter at the lender, so the actual bank, when you go in, you do your pre-approval, they actually do not look at your documents. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they do is it's a pre-approval, which means that you are getting 120 day rate hold typically. Sometimes it's 90 days, sometimes it's 130, but let's just work with 120 today. And 120 day or four month um, rate holds, they're not looking at your income and they're not looking at your down payment. So why that is an issue? Well, that's when surprises come up. So when I say I streamline the process and make it as simplified and as clean as possible, it's because I've already combed through it completely and taken a look at any parts that may be either a red flag, and I don't mean that that's something the client did wrong, but maybe something that we can fix or address sooner rather than when there's a purchase in hand. If we can eliminate any type of um, inconsistencies or anything that might cause an underwriter that actually works for the lender to not have to worry about something at the time when there is a purchase, then that will streamline the process and make a happier client experience. So why I underwrite the deal and um, why I believe that everyone in our industry should is two things. One, it increases my efficiency. So selfishly, I want that because when I submit a deal to my lenders, they always get approved because, or almost always get approved because they've already been looked at by me. They're not just, I'm not throwing something at the wall and hoping it sticks. I understand the file from A to Z and I understand the documents. So I actually comb through them, review the income, review the down payment, review the credit report, write a detailed analysis of what the story is behind the client and how they got to be where they are. And if an underwriter were to call me and I'm driving my kids to school, because I wrote that file myself and I underwrote that file myself, I can answer any questions they have. There's no gray area. Yeah. And I like that school approach, right? You listen to something, you write it down, so it's ingrained in your brain, right? Mm-hmm. That's great. So, um, well, we've jumped a little ahead. Now we're talking about the first-time buyers. <laughs> so people who are new to Canada, yes. you know, for them, it is, uh, I think... Um, they don't understand or probably it's a new concept for them to, you know, um, take mortgage advisor versus going individually to the bank. Yes. How do you uh, address that? So it's funny. I worked for a bank for nine years, so I'll never be one to give any negative approach to Mm -hmm. a bank. However, what I will say is the bank offers two different things than a broker. A broker or agent is someone that focuses specifically on mortgages. So that means that I know mortgages like the back of my hand. I know everything there is to know about mortgages. I, there's very few days where I say, oh, I had no idea about that because most of the time I've seen something that's similar or the same. A lender or a bank offers many products. So 
that person you're dealing with in the branch has to know GICs, credit cards, tax-free savings accounts, uh, mortgages, lines of credit, you know, investments, insurance, uh, you name it, they have to be able to sell it. They also have to be able to set up your online banking and your telephone banking, and they replace your debit card or your credit card. And uh, they have a list of lists of lists that they have to be able to sell you and they have to understand it. So when you're working with the largest purchase of your life, and I would argue that most people don't have the same amount of investments or savings as they do mortgage debt, mm -hmm. almost the mortgage should be looked at by more of a specialized person. However, you're going into somebody that sells, you know, 15, 20, 30 different products. It's not that person's fault, but how are they supposed to be an expert? Mm -hmm. How can they possibly be? Yeah. Not to mention that they have quotas because they have job criteria where at year end they must meet specific targets okay. and they have um, uh, year end reviews where they have to do things by a certain book. They have to sell 3.42 products to every client. Mm -hmm. Their intentions are not to be necessarily the most expert at that area or have a designation in that area, it is to check all of the boxes that they need to do in order to get that year end bonus or hit that target, which is fine, right? That's their job. When you're dealing with something like a mortgage, which is more than you'll probably ever spend on anything, as I've said, wouldn't you rather someone with unbiased advice that Absolutely. really can focus on that? I mean, it's like going to a random place and asking for the best advice on something and they have only tried, you know, that one thing once, they can't really tell you in comparison or, um, you know, in relation to what that is. And it's a mortgage, right? Yeah, something interesting coming to my mind is when you think of picking up something to eat also, you know, mm -hmm. you pick and choose a restaurant, which is very good in terms of producing a certain type of food, right? Yes. You won't just go randomly to somebody. So why, you are right, such a big investment, an important investment of your life, you would want to not go to a specialized person. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, what would you suggest in terms of, uh, let's say somebody is thinking of uh, refinancing okay. their property? Yeah. So I think the first thing I would do actually goes right back to the previous point would be, um, so now we're not talking about first time home buyers. We're talking about someone that already owns a property, right? The first thing I always say on, in both circumstances is you're wanting to research your partners and the person you're working with. Mm -hmm. So just as you said, why would you go to the bank or broker? The first thing I would do is hit up Google and see what their reviews look like. And you can actually take a look and read the first few just to see, have they done purchases and refinances? Right. Have they done, um, you know, multiple different types of transactions? Because if it's all just first time home buyers, maybe they're brand new and maybe if they're brand new, that's okay. But you know, have they done refinances before? Is there a history? Is there like, you know, social proof that they've done this before? Um, another example would be to, you know, pop onto LinkedIn and see what does their, you know, history look like, or even Instagram now, right? Like that's how we met. Social media is a wonderful tool to see how people are connected and what they're speaking about. How do they speak? And so, um, you can do a quick interview process that way. The second thing I would think about is why are you refinancing? Mm -hmm. Um, because I actually am not quick to sell somebody on something if they don't need it. 
Uh, a refinance might be the right solution for someone. Uh, a line of credit might be the right solution for someone or waiting until maturity actually might be the right solution for someone. So it doesn't necessarily mean to do it now, but if you are thinking about it, usually what I ask clients first is, is it for cash flow purposes? Is it for future investment? Uh, I really do uh, a, what I call a know your customer or an interview kind of like goals based setting to see if it is right for you first. Um, and if it is great and we can go down that road, but it's really important to isolate the need first and understand. Otherwise, if you're asking the process, it's exactly the same as a purchase, right? The exact same. So we do the application. I will ask for the documentation up front. I will do a credit pull and we'll do a full review of the file to see what you would be qualified for to borrow. Okay. I mean, so do, do you think that, um, well, obviously it is depending on the requirement, depending on their situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you think when people think of uh, digressing or, you know, diversifying their portfolio, mm-hmm. um, taking a line of credit or line of equity is a good idea? Yeah. So right now I will tell you that the reason a line of credit is great, two reasons I would say that jump out at me the most. One is you can pull a line of credit to borrow the equity against your home without any penalties or fees. Mm -hmm. So if you have a mortgage and it has a great rate, then you don't have to be worried about touching that. You can actually borrow the funds, tap into your equity without impacting that first mortgage that you have. So that's a great reason to have a line of credit. And I do think that right now, um, quite a few clients are doing that because as you know, uh, with our inventory shortage, a lot of that has to do with the fact that values have gone up so much and where clients used to be about five or six years ago, even three years ago is we sell our owner occupied home. We buy another home, right? That's very normal. Now we're seeing people keep their owner occupied home, owner occupied home, pardon me, borrow the line of credit, utilize that line of credit to buy a new home and either turn that one into a rental property, vacation home, or they turn this one into a rental property, a vacation home. So a line of credit is a great tool to be able to borrow without breaking your mortgage and still obtaining additional net worth. Another way you could utilize it is to utilize it for investment purposes or debt consolidation or that beautiful home renovation. So there's a lot of things you can do without paying a penalty and having it there. The second benefit I would say that people utilize the line of credit for is not necessarily to use right away, but for what I like to call emergency purposes. And what that is and how that's different is when the next opportunity comes, people want to be able to grab it and take advantage of it. So if there is something that comes on the market, maybe a pre-construction or um, you know, a family member's home or something of that nature, now instead of refinancing for a purpose, they have the line of credit there to be able to pull the trigger right away. So those are the two main purposes I would find in the last year and a half, two years that I've seen my clients take advantage of. Um, and it just allows, again, that peace of mind mm-hmm. where maybe you felt as though you missed out on an opportunity when, you know, condo prices dropped, for example, right. uh, you know, a year or so ago, not mm-hmm. even really, it was really like yeah, around nine months ago, um, feels like longer, but, um, anyway, so when that happened, you know, I had a lot of clients say, oh gosh, I wish I could have just pulled the trigger. 
well, now with that line of credit there, if this happens, something like that happens again, the next opportunity, whatever that may be, it might not even be real estate related, could be anything, anything yeah. you can pull the trigger. And I guess that's why I come back to the point where you said you want to educate and empower your mm-hmm. clients, right? So that's very, very important. And then, you know, coming again and again and reassessing yourself is very, very important, Absolutely. right? So now you brought one thing um, uh, just a few minutes ago and you were talking about the um, increasing rate. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that. And okay. it's like very interesting and mm-hmm. then news all over uh, yes. in the place. Uh, so what is your say about the increase in Bank of Canada's rate? So there's two things to remember. One is the Bank of Canada's rate dictates or is tied to variable or um, adjustable rate mortgages, prime that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The other is the increasing rate on the fixed side, which are not associated necessarily with the Bank of Canada. So that has to do with the bond market and the Canadian bonds. So let's talk about Bank of Canada first. This is the one where everyone talks about in the news and the media and everyone freaks out about it. So the Bank of Canada meets eight times a year, every year, eight times a year. They actually announce the schedule. I believe the next one, if I'm not mistaken, is June 1st. And basically, it's set in stone, you know what date's gonna be. Where we had the most amount of changes in the last while was actually the fixed rates, Mm -hmm. but very few people spoke about that. So fixed rates were in the one and a half to 1.79 range in July, so less than a year ago. And now they're in the 4.14 range. So we're seeing these fixed rates slowly climb Climbing, climbing, climbing. And that's what most clients actually take. The bulk of our uh, Canadian purchasers take fixed rate mortgages. Yet, we're so afraid and terrified and speaking in the media about the variable rate increasing every six weeks or eight weeks. That's true. Um, so, you know, inflation's been going on. It's it's a very scary place to be right now with the volatility in, in Ukraine. Um, you know, and, and we are exiting, I hope I say, you know, exiting a pandemic. Um, so we are going to see rates increase, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and we're going to see all of the prices of things continue to increase. Um, so I think we will continue to see the bank of Canada over the next few, uh, meetings increase the rate. Um, that being said, it's not all about the rate. 60% of Canadians break their mortgage by the 33rd month. Right. So if you are in a fixed rate mortgage, your penalty is either loss of interest over the term or three months interest, whichever is greater. Mm -hmm. Okay. Most people will have loss of interest over the term or what you'll hear people call IRD, interest rate differential. Right. This is a high penalty on fixed rate mortgages, especially if your balance is higher because it's based on your current principal balance, the remainder in your term and current posted rates. Most people have a high balance now because as you know, prices of homes are quite high Mm -hmm. and lending was cheap. So if you break your mortgage, if you're 60% of of Canadians, you break your mortgage, you're going to probably have loss of interest over the term high. Or you pick variable, which yes, has increased slightly over the time, but it has three months interest penalty. So I always say to clients, who cares about the rate? If you're ending up paying it all back in the middle of your term anyway, in interest penalties, right? 
So it's important to think about both and not be too afraid of these increases to the rate um, because the rate is still significantly lower on the variable side. And if you do break your mortgage, then you will have a penalty. So you might as well consider the cost of that penalty as well. So, um, Emily, you did mention that you started in 2008 yes. with bank. And mm -hmm. so I think you would be the best person to tell us the difference um, between the 2008 and now. Yeah, so I would say that one is, and I'm, I'm, this is not going to be the correct terminology, but one was a financial crisis and one is a like global pandemic, yeah. pandemic and, 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 you know, overall war, crisis. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, you know, it's a tough one to really to to really package up, but um, we've learned a lot since 2008 from a control perspective. And I think as much as we can have opinions on government and all sorts of, you know, the leadership that's involved there, I think we've done a very good job at controlling things mm -hmm. um, from a cost perspective, from a rate perspective. Um, but the difference is, is, you know, we did have to print quite a bit of money this time right to help people because this wasn't something that impacted a few really pandemic impacted everyone in every possible way um so i think the difference is uh one it's going to take a little bit longer and two we're going to see a, uh, i think this is my opinion um, more controls to uh get us back to where we need to be um which you know, is where we're going to see the increases to prime and that sort of thing. So um, it's it's pretty interesting how the things are, you know, moving um, and proceeding ahead. Um, what do you think would be the impact? Uh, I know, like, nobody has a crystal ball. Right. Um, and I guess that's the um, <coughs> very common phrase that has become these days for everyone. Right. Um, how would it be in terms of interest rate hike and the prices also going up? Yeah, I think that's probably the shift we're seeing now from such a competitive seller's market to a more balanced, uh, more balanced. It's still a seller's market, but I did today get a purchase agreement last night. It came in last night. I go to bed early, so I got it this morning. Um, but uh, with a condition of financing until the 22nd, which I believe is Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So yeah. conditions are coming in. So we are in. seeing condition mm -hmm. of financing. And that was my okay. second condition of financing I've received in the past, let's say, week and a half. Because, you know, Friday was Easter Friday and Monday was technically a bank holiday. So right. two condition of financings when I had not seen that in, I don't know. Yeah. I, I honestly can't tell you the last time I received one um, off the top of my head. Um, so I do think we are seeing a shifting market. However, you know, we are also going to see some uh, increases significantly to immigration. Um, and these are going to be qualified buyers, um, that may or may not need financing. I hope they do, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, it's important to remember that, you know, any balance that we're seeing right now might be because people are nervous with these rate increases. My advice although I don't have a crystal ball, what I can say is we can hedge our bets. And how we do that is by giving ourselves the best uh, opportunity to be 
um, able to pull the trigger, as they say, you know, when an opportunity comes. So what that looks like for me and my business is everyone should be doing a pre-approval if they even think in the next two years they'll buy. And the reason I say that is because as soon as you start to think you're going to buy, it happens way quicker than you think. Right. And if I were to tell you, like I have clients right now that are, that for example, that purchased last evening and they're going to have a 3% rate because they did a pre-approval two months ago Mm -hmm. and now rates are 4%. Right. So you can save yourself a significant amount of money by doing the legwork ahead of time versus waiting. So even if you think it's a possibility, reach out to your mortgage professional because they will be able to hedge a rate for you, hold that rate for 120 days. It takes five to seven minutes for you to fill in an application and it's done. You never have to think about it again. They will poke you and follow up with you. But if you don't use it, it just sits there. This is a great advice. I think uh, people should pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always say that if moving has become a topic on the dinner table, you should start taking actions. So right. getting pre-approval, meeting the real estate um, totally. agents. And like you said in between that, they should be looking up people, right? Absolutely. To see or get the credits in terms of the ratings, in terms of knowledge, in terms... Because I see lot lots of time people just come in because somebody has referred them to so-and-so person. But no, I mean, do your due diligence Absolutely. at every step. So that makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. I think. Um, now, I, a question now, it's like... Uh, coming back. Uh, um, so you are um, with Port Credit Mortgages. Uh, you have access to other financial institutes? Yeah. So Port Credit Mortgages is actually not my brokerage. It's a company I own because I am community-based and I love the community. My brokerage is actually the Mortgage Coach, which is located downtown Toronto. But when I want to do things in Port Credit, I want it to be associated with the neighborhood and that's how I function and what I value is our community um you know I mentioned my kids go to school here I live here that sort of thing our our brokerage we have uh, you know every mortgage professional will say this and it means almost nothing but access to like 50 different lenders Mm -hmm. really there's five that we probably use on a regular basis that we have solid relationships with and nine times out of ten our clients fit in those buckets of the Mm -hmm. five however you know, yes, we do have quite a few options out there. And that's something that um, it's always nice to have, but really most clients fit into a smaller percentage of lenders that are in our access. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, great talking to you, Emily. Is there anything else that you want to give as a party gift to our audience today? I think the biggest thing, again, it's it's kind of going back to what I had said before with with arming yourself with a pre-approval making sure that you're working with people who are very um, knowledgeable and that make you feel comfortable. Because at the end of the day, the buying process can be quite long and it's important that you are comfortable enough to pick up the phone and speak to that person and ask any question. Mm -hmm. There are no stupid questions when it comes to buying this huge property, you know, whether it's a small home or a massive home, it doesn't matter. It's the cost is there and you should be able to feel very comfortable asking those questions Um, and that's pretty much it for me. You know, it's uh, having an approachable relationship that you can tap into and, and feel comfortable asking those questions and, and check them out on social media. I'm at port credit mortgages on Instagram. And, um, you know, I, I often answer questions in my DMS or I do polls 
and and that's a great way to get to know your professionals and and be introduced to other ones as well absolutely and so you also mentioned about some uh, event that you're doing after two, what two two and a half years yeah we have a couple of events coming up and i'll just maybe say they're all kind of on my link linkedin or link bio link in, on, yeah, yeah link tree there and in, in on instagram yeah we've got a, a first-time buyers a buyers and a investments workshop Right. Yeah. That's great information. Thank you so much today. Um, uh, I would definitely say uh, get in touch with Emily or myself if you want any information with regards to mortgage or if you're thinking of buying, selling or investing in real estate, we'll be more than happy to assist you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.